Hello brothers and sisters and family members. I start this podcast a little differently than most because I usually am ranting and raving about my excitement in the guest that I'm going to share. And I am really excited about her, but I couldn't air a regular podcast on a traditional Thursday when I didn't feel like anything about this week is similar to any week that we have experienced as millennials thus far. And so I want to take this opportunity to share and also just participate in a moment of silence. To know that we have a place and a space to provide help and healing and hope. I cannot utilize this for anything else during this time when I feel like our voice does matter, but our hearts matter most. And God has us under one bloodline for a reason. He has us under one humanity for a reason. And our ethnos, our ethnos, our ethnicities are amazing and they're beautiful and they're meant to be celebrated and that diversity is supposed to bring life and fuel creation. And yet here we are, broken, segmented, fragmented, and hurting. And I think of God on the cross and how he was broken for us, knowing that these situations were not only unfolding when he walked the earth, but are still unfolding 2,000 years later in different ways. And so before I can just jump into this intro, I just need you to know that I stand with you. I empathize with you. I want to learn from you. I want to grow with you. I want to share our stories. I want to connect with you. I want to unify with you. No matter who you are, no matter your ethnicity. But I am very excited and very honored to be standing alongside some incredible women of faith incredible men of honor who are going to be going live with me over the course of the next couple weeks to really unpack these concepts. So if you don't already follow me over on Tamara Lee Andress at Facebook, please come join the conversation. This is a time to be heard and this is a time to listen. And I am so honored to make way for that on these multiple platforms. So I hope you'll tune in. All right, I'm going to switch gears. I hope you can handle that and your heart can switch with me. But know that even in this conversation and even in this next expression of love, that Jessica Hoddle's heart understands you. We actually haven't even unpacked this conversation on what's going on because this was pre-recorded. But I know that her heartbeat is alongside each of ours because she too has walked a healing through mind, body, and soul development. And that is what the Fit and Faith podcast is all about, sharing and unpacking other people's stories to freedom. And here we are in a space where freedom matters. And God is our immediate access to that freedom. And so she's a fellow podcaster. 
with the What's the Truth podcast. And we need truth. We need to break these lies. So please go listen to her podcast. It's amazing. You're going to love her today and there and all the guests that she has on. She's a number one bestselling author. She's a wife and a coach. She's a truth teller and an ultimate encourager to bring your thinking and living into alignment with your confidence. She is a fellow Enneagram 3, so you know we get along just well when we're vision casting together, but I love that she says she is anti-hustle. I have always been similar in the fact that I can't wear a hustler shirt because of multiple reasons. I hope you can unpack that with me and understand, but she doesn't want to strive. She wants to honor. She wants to know that she is seen and known no matter what her day's timeline or accomplishments look like because her heart posture is with him. And so she takes you on her own journey in this podcast about her health and wellness, but also her heart. And so I am looking forward to you to just get to know her. She's actually going to offer you some freebies and you can get those links in all the show notes, but go follow Jessica Hoddle, H-O-T-T-L-E at Instagram, her website, jessicahoddle.com, living free, living healthy on Instagram. She's an incredible resource to you, and I know you will not be sorry for listening through this entire introduction and now into our incredible podcast together. Jessica, thank you for being here, and I'm excited to introduce her fully as she shares her story. This is your God wink, the moment that heaven says for such a time as this. It's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love Whole Foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth, though. This isn't confusing religious banter. Though I'm an ordained minister, still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering, if you're wondering, what is this? Well, this is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. 
so thrilled to be with you guys today and to introduce you to my podcast guest, who is also a fellow podcaster in her in and of itself, which makes me so excited because I think they're the best people to have on the podcast. <laughs> Both because they, you'll see, you'll see. When I talk, they'll talk, and it's like this conversation that is just unlike where we're stargazed by the other people who are like, wow, there's a ring light in my face. What's happening? <laughs> so I am so excited to introduce you to Jessica Hoddle. She is the uh, podcast host of the What's God's Truth or What's the Truth. I'm curious which one you call it because when I put it on my Instagram to share, I'm like, huh, I'm curious. And she also has a coaching business. She's empowering women to be set free from the lies that they believe about healing, weight loss, and their body. So when we first got into connection, it was a you know a common thread that we both have with the mind, body, and soul alignment and just space. And so, Jessica, I'm excited about our conversation. I'm so pumped to have you here. Hey, yes, I I call it what's the truth. What's the truth? Okay, yeah, and then God just shows up. <laughs> I got listed through truth and yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, me too. So I want to jump on in because last week we had a great conversation about uh, unpacking a lie and that's kind of how you set up your podcast. And so you get confronted all the time with people's thoughts or the lies that they either tell themselves or the lies that women are told. So either through your coaching journey or yourself, what would a lie be that you would unpack? Mm, about myself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The big one that always comes to me is that I'm not seen and what I do is never enough. Uh, it probably builds into my personality, but I always, I come from this background of just striving and the anti-hustle. Like I believe in there's uh, time to work and there's time to rest and there's time to, to run and time to walk. But I'm the type of girl that usually is always running. And I always feel like today I just didn't get anything done, even though I did stuff. And so it's hard for me to honor that. And so the lie I always have to unpack is that, you know, scripture tells me that I am seen and that I am known. And it's this constant reminder that no matter what goes on at my desk or if anybody sees, it's like, it doesn't matter because my heart posture has to bend towards his heart. And if I know that he cares and he sees, then that's really what matters. That's so good. That's so necessary. So tell me, because I know wisdom comes with age, right? Where were you? Because we've talked about the fact that we're both Enneagram threes. And so I want you to unpack what did this look like? What did your now passion, how did it take root in your life? I think I think most of our passions, I think we get so overwhelmed by the word purpose and passion and all the things. I, I truly believe that a lot of what we experience in our past, our past pain, past hurts, uh, things that we've experienced or our friends or our family, we get really pumped up about them and then we want to expand our health. And I think looking at my past and the trauma that I come from, a lot of trauma, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. I just began to realize that carrying it around caused a lot of physical symptoms. It caused a lot of health problems. It caused me to be bitter, resentful, angry. And I knew Christ after, after the age of 22, but I still lived with all of this heaviness. I was such a pessimist and I didn't even realize it. And I just thought the world was happening to me, not for me. And just play the victim. For me, it was coming out of this this time of my life in early 20s, mid-20s, and really started this um, kind of toward my late 20s, where 
I I don't want to be walking around like this. I don't want to be angry all the time. I don't want to be resentful and bitter or holding a fence. That's a big one, especially now of if you don't believe what I believe, then we are to, taught to hate each other. And scripture never says that anywhere. And I think that's what's important of why I get so passionate now, because I went through my own healing journey physically, where a lot of lies came for me that like people were saying, God wants to teach a lesson, your sickness, and that kept me sick and walking through the emotional side as well and understanding just how much we carry of pain and trauma and, but how much that affects our life, our businesses, our relationships, how we view the world. And that's why I'm passionate about helping women get emotions. It's the healthy while keeping God at the center. Wow. That's so incredible and so impactful. And you know, such a necessity, I think, as women emerge into their purpose and that place of passion that you hear, you know, kind of thrown back and forth, like you said, but it really roots back to your testimony and where you started Mm -hmm. and how can you serve people? Well, you can serve people well when it's coming from your heart when it's coming from your storyline, when it's coming from your own knowledge, your own grief, perhaps, your own empathy. Uh, It's not all about just having a certification of something. It's why did you get that certification? What drove you to that space? So I'd love to hear more about like your own expedition in health. And you mentioned and kind of alluded to your own journey of healing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was that a physical thing or? Mm -hmm. I would say that it started with it more physical first, meaning when I first started, um, when I accepted you at 22, I also started my first fitness business. And after I started my first fitness business, I would say it was my outlet. It was what I thought I could control. It was what I put all of who I was into and how I looked really mattered because I thought how I looked and that would correlate to how people loved me and just kind of what I put out into the world. And I just wanted people to love me. And it was like this idea of, well, if I just looked good, then I could get the compliments and all the things. So that really led and drove my business, how I looked mattered. And then my spiritual father came along who accepted that role into my life. And he just was like, Jess, what are you doing basically? And just completely like wrecked my world and, and really began to challenge me in the way that I was thinking and what I was harboring and what happened after I got married was my body kind of broke down and I just doing research and trauma and stuff and finally feeling safe, probably for the first time in my life, meaning safe at home, don't have to strive, hustle. I mean, there's so many layers that comes into that. And I just started having crazy symptoms, like bloating all the time, fatigue, tired. Um, I was getting dizzy, like crazy. I had benign positional vertigo like three times in one year. I passed out on an airplane and woke up in the bathroom on a red night flight. And it was just, I mean, you name it, I probably experienced it. And it was through this journey of healing emotionally, but healing spiritually, which led to physical healing and led me to finding doctors, listening to what I felt like, you know, the Holy Spirit was guiding me to, of this doctor is not working for you and just helping aid in that. But it all started from the spiritual journey, um, but came in different layers. Yeah. I love that. I think the layering effect is so necessary because for me, it was the same, um, from the standpoint of like physicality and having that as like a forefront of achievement almost like I can Mm -hmm. earn this based on the effort that I put in here. And yet I was starved in my mental and spiritual growth. 
And so I love the way that you, you know, classified that as for people. And I think it becomes more relatable the more we're able to understand that there are these varying components of who we are. And it's up to us, though God obviously takes the, you know, the forefront in that regard. But if we don't act towards or walk towards that light, like the light could just be shimmering from the side and we could just keep going at that supersonic speed. Um, so the point where you're like on the plane, for instance, what was like the time frame that you kind of woke up, quote unquote, to say, <laughs> I, I got to yeah. do this for myself or for my husband or whoever? I think a lot of it, like I said, it was this buildup of 20, 25 years. I mean, I pretty much came out of my, my mother's womb in trauma and you're in fight or flight for years and your body just cannot sustain that. And I think a lot of us are doing that now without even realizing it's this fight, flight, freeze kind of mode where we either go into hyper arousal or hypo where, you know, hyper is that anxiousness and you're, you're kind of like all over the place and, and you can't settle down and hypo is the opposite where we kind of like get depressed, numb out. And for me, I would say it was actually coming off of a conference that I was at at the time and it was on the airplane. And I just remember not um, not probably eating enough or all the things. And after that, it was like, my health was never the same coming back from that airplane. And I just knew I spent that summer not being able to walk or do anything, but trying to find answers and spending so much money on doctors and visits. And I would say that was probably my biggest wake up call as far as the physical health side. Cause I was still pursuing doctors, but it, it wasn't, um, I wasn't getting answers or it was just kind of maintaining, but then that's why I get so passionate because a lot of women, we don't know better. We don't do better. But for me, I knew that there had to be an answer for what I was experiencing and I wasn't going to give up until I found that answer. So I would say the emotional side was when I was coming up from a back squat and my back gave out and I couldn't work out or lift for whoever, I can't remember how long. But I remember in that moment that the Lord reminded me, like, you put all of who you are into what you weighed. And I had, so I had these different experiences, but it was all, it was all correlated together. Yeah, that's really intense. I think that that physical realm is kind of a place that we put all or nothing because it is the first sign, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone comes to see you or, you know, you're looking in the mirror and you're like, oh man, this is different or this has changed good or bad. Um, but people don't often see what's happening on the inside. So you can go on through life and everything seems okay. And meanwhile, as I mentioned, you're either starved, depleted, um, you know, your insides are, are tangled. Uh, for me, I had suppressed a lot of things. And so mm -hmm. because I had that you know, forward momentum all the time and that, that supersonic speed, I would just take the things that hurt and I would just push them to the side. But oftentimes people think that that's like a strength. That's like a sign of like, good that like, Oh wow, she, she can handle it and she can keep going forth. And it's like, well, actually there is a lot of value to slowing down and addressing those things. Otherwise mm -hmm. you explode. And so how did these things end up like working in your relational, you know, situations, whether it be in your marriage or with friends or family, when you started to make this shift, did they notice since it was also an internal shift that you were taking place in? 
I think my husband probably noticed it first because he's with me all the time. And before I got help, because, you know, as when hormones fluctuate and you're just tired or you're always in that go stress mode, it, like you said, when you start to suppress what your body's trying to communicate with you, it's going to come out, whether it's going to be angry or anger or lashing out or crying or how, however it needs to come out. And for me, it was the lashing out. It was the shortness. It was no patience whatsoever. It was almost as if everything just irritated me. And now uh, I can take more like breaths, I guess you could say, of like, okay, he's irritating me. I might like, you know, take a moment or whatever. I'm just not as quick. That's good. I'm not as quick to respond. I'm not as quick to always get angry. Now I'm not perfect and I still do that. But we talk about it often of just how different night and day I am when your body is regulated and it's working properly as the way God intended and, and, and designed. But sometimes it, it does need like help. It just needs help. But for me, it was first, I had to believe that God provided healing for me and that healing was available to me. Because if not, if I believed in my head that I was sick, no matter what supplements I took or workouts or food I ate, I would still stay sick because our mind is that powerful and our body will follow what we think. That's so good. So I'm curious because of the type of coaching that you do and then the variation of the podcast, which I'm going to show everybody what it looks like so they can be sure to find her on your podcast listening apps. What, how did those correlate? You're dealing with women. You're dealing with the lies that they're bringing to the table. Was there a moment where you just had an aha of, I need to help more people than just this one person unlock this? I think, again, it comes back to the testimony because I, when I thought about the podcast, I knew I wanted to start some kind of outlet, I guess you could say, where you just kind of talk to the mic and you're like, okay, I'm going to say all these amazing things I have in my heart. Is anybody going to listen? And I didn't have a title. I had some ones like kind of walking around or um, playing around in my head, like walking with God. Cause I walk so much. So I was like, Oh, I could like walk and talk and it could be a podcast. You know, just all these things. And it just kept coming back to me. Things I would write in my journal of this is all that you feel. Cause I was the girl that would respond to every emotion. If you didn't like me, I would get, I would start to get like hot and flushed and like, why don't you like me? You know, it was just this all the time, highs and lows. And I just started, I'm a journaler, love writing and just started writing it out. And I would write everything. I'd be like, okay, but what's the truth? I know everything that I feel. And I, I am allowed to not own it and accept it as part of my identity, but I can embrace it and go, okay, what's it communicating to me? And that's kind of where the podcast came from because I just started writing this in journals and I started reading it. And then I was at business conferences and I started seeing in, in my business uh, notebooks that I was writing this down. And I was like, okay, this is something that I feel really called to address. It's not always popular and sexy and really cute and catchy because who wants to address lies that we tend to believe? Uh, but because every week it's a lot number 12, you know? But it's, I think it's important that I begin to challenge women in the way that they think so that it can change the way they live. I think that's so powerful. I think oftentimes people, like I said, you do, you take it and you carry it. You take it and you carry it. And at some point you either have to release it or you're going to fall. And so whether it's a physical realm or a spiritual realm or a mental realm, there are so many spaces where we can be freed and we have access to that freedom through Christ Jesus, which is 
amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love, there's been this like consistent theme in my week, just the last week. And since I air these weekly, it's kind of fun for people to be able to walk alongside me and see, you know, what is going on in our life. So I love that you're a resource in that regard as well. But for me, one thing that has even been triggered in this conversation is the speed. And for entrepreneurs who are listening is that's, you know, kind of a part of the market is this desire for us to get quick, whatever, right? (laughs) Right before we jumped on the call, we were talking about social media engagement. We would love to have tens of hundreds of thousands of followers tomorrow, but it doesn't work that way. Just like it doesn't work that way when you're losing weight, just like it doesn't work that way when you're trying to gain weight back. Um, though that sometimes feels faster <laughs> depending on, on what state you're in or what need you're in. Um, mm-hmm. And then same thing for like a spiritual space. I feel like I want to have all the scripture memorized and being a, like an ordained minister. It's often that people are like, oh my gosh, like she's here and I'm here. And I'm like, whoa, no, 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 no. it doesn't work like that. Like I'm still becoming, I'm still going. So learning to be in God's pace is so much different than our natural secular tendency to be at a supersonic speed. So how has like COVID and all of that, since we're still coming out of this pandemic and in our first phase, what is, how has that looked like for you from a slowdown perspective? Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's, the Lord is always repeating these words, slow and steady. And I think that's because for years in my business, I would just pursue anything and everything that came along. And so for me, this, especially with the podcast or this year, it was, I started doing like quarter breakdowns of, okay, this is what this quarter is going to focus. I'm going to focus on and Here's how I'm going to grow and mature this. And for it always, it comes back to that consistency, you know, of, no matter what's going on, what does it look like to be consistent in this season? And I think it's important that I say consistency and it's very subjective. You know, for somebody three days a week working out would be consistent, but other people, it could be five days a week and that's when they feel consistent. So I think during this time for me, it was just important that I found consistency uh, showing up still whether uh, things feel weird or I just don't feel like it because there's been days where I'm just like, I don't feel like it. And then there's just, that's just discipline, right? It's not that I'm like striving or whatever, but let me tell you when it's sunny here, I don't want to work because we don't get sunny days, but that's not how it always goes. Right. And so I have been called to steward my business and my body and my finances and all of this well I am the steward. God is the owner. Therefore I get to enjoy, but take care of the things that I have been given. And I think that's important, you know, during any kind of time, what is, what is it that you need your family needs? And God is calling to you right now in this season. And for me, it was that just continue to show up, speak life, speak truth. Not everything you say or anything you say has to be COVID because God's facts and truths are relevant to all of us at every single time. But for me, it was this call to continue to just change the narrative and focus on what it is in front of us. I love that. Change the narrative. I think that's so necessary. And honestly, what you've done your whole life without even necessarily utilizing those words to do it. And that's God's role in all of our lives all the time because we're constantly inundated with a specific narrative that's being plugged in our face. 
uh, even su like subconsciously without realizing it, billboards, music, all of that. And I had to be super mindful from a mental space because I think it's easy for us physically to see a change in someone good or bad, right? And then you have your spiritual well-being, which is a little bit more difficult to dissect. But then the mental health space, I think, is a really critical, really interesting space to understand. Um, and a part of that is what are you feeding yourself from a mental space? What are you watching? When you think of your five senses, it's a great way of understanding where your mental space or where your mental health is. So your see, your hear, your taste, your smell, all of those things. And I, I would love to know how you specifically help steward the path that you're on in your senses and like with that mental health space, what does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that it can be a really dangerous line if we live by our senses, you know, and that's something that I always tell women is that our five senses uh, help us know where we are in reality, but they're, but are they always the truth to our reality? And I think a lot of times that is why it's hard for us to live by faith because we're depending on what we see to prove our faith. So we're hoping that the situation or circumstance or the body, it aligns with the word of God that I'm reading. Because if it doesn't, then I'm probably not living in faith, right? Because we're always waiting for almost God to prove himself in my situation versus I already believe he's taking care of this despite what I see. Therefore, um, you know, a lot of people are like, you are what you feel and just follow your heart and all these things. And, and I just disagree with that because, you know, the heart is deceitful and our feelings are fleeting. Therefore, I want to make sure that what I'm feeling, whether it's anger or not, that I put it into its place. I can feel it and I can be angry, but what I do with those feelings matter. Therefore, I can experience and feel in my body that I might be fatigued and tired. But it doesn't have to become who I am. The sickness or dis-ease in my body does not have to be this title that I just claim over myself and live out. And I think a lot of times when it comes to um, mental health, because I know something very, 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 very dear to me, a lot of people that experience things, we all experience certain things, right? But trying to not normalize it in a sense of, this isn't, this doesn't have to be your life. And I think that even as believers, we try to normalize it. Um, but there's just a higher way, you know, and it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy at all, or there's a simple answer, but I think we're just trying to normalize it way too much. And it's keeping us because what you tolerate, you live with. Um, That's really good. And so that's you know, yeah, so, yeah. so deep, I think, because I can think of seasons of my life where I could put the tagline of depression or the tagline of anxiety or those things, but they don't hold me. They didn't hold me then and they don't hold me now. Do we confront those emotions occasionally? Yes. And so that's where I think it's a really amazing thing. Your, your tactic basically is journaling and then even through our podcast, like talking it out, like this is how I feel. This is the lie that continues to plague me. This is how I want to change it or how God would change it and how he can change it. And so helping people through that is such an empowering space. 
Uh, I am not a mental health therapist. I have had therapists and I know that their power is incredible in and of themselves, just in the techniques and models that they use. Um, so not to negate that it doesn't exist because it does. It's just a matter of how are you stepping out and how are you stepping into the light through that time? Um, I think a common thing and, and something that you haven't experienced probably firsthand yet, but you will, and I'm sure people around you have from this um, lethargic and mindset of, I just had a baby and you're in that postpartum space is like, uh, what, you know, what bracket of women do you really love to cater to and who is your like, do you have a common, you know, customer, if you will, or a common client, mm -hmm. things that they deal with? I think that one of the things is they often deal with, they know the truth, but how do they live out the truth? And, or they've lived so way, like lived one way for so long and they've tried everything that they don't know how to get to the other side, or they don't know what it's like to not have that thing there because we get so accustomed to the things that we experience. We get so accustomed to our feelings and feeling one way and that comes with, you know, neuroscience as far as brain wiring, hard wiring, um, the chemicals that we release in our bodies. Every time we think a thought, which creates an emotion, which tells your body how to feel. This is not just um, you're not crazy if you have certain things, but there are things that happen in our lives where it's pain, trauma, how our brains respond, um, our food, our exercise. Like, you know, in my fourth book that I'm writing, I talk about these means of healing and they all kind of go together, but God's word's always the foundation. So for me, it's, I definitely work with women that they want change. They know that something's wrong, but they don't know how to get it. Or they lived one way for so long that they can't ever even imagine that God's going to take them through this or redeem them. That's so good. I, I love, I love stories of redemption. It's like one of the reasons I love being a part of the, the book that I just helped co-author. Tell me more about your, your stories and your books and the things that you've written, because I think there's such a power in written word. I think that's why the Bible is so powerful. Um, what, what kind of led you to those spaces and, and how have they been met by, by, by your readers? Mm -hmm. I think for me, you know, the common theme in my book is always know your worth. It's like my first book was know your worth. And that really was all about conquering your past for a powerful future of realizing and confronting that your past doesn't have to be your future. And a lot of us take our past experiences and we live in the present through our past. So therefore we engage our present through our past, which then dictates how we see the future. And if we don't allow ourselves to process, experience, go through, understand, uh, close loops of pain from our past, then how we proceed is always going to be that. And that really is know your worth of, I kind of share all of my stories and testimonies of this kind of coming to, of this is, okay, this is what it looks like to know your worth. And a worthy wife was this idea that I kept talking about because men was a huge outlet for me. I just gave my body away at a very young age and um, I kind of lacked a father figure growing up. And so men were just kind of this go to. And so a worthy wife is about preparing your home and heart for marriage and how to communicate effectively, have a godly relationship and how to date single, asking the right questions, but also how to communicate in marriage as well. And then own your worth was really about this idea that yes, we can know our worth, but how do we actually live that out? What does that look like in life? How do I 
die to self in a sense, but still honor what I'm going through. And I share a lot of life experiences in that book. And if you read them all in order, they like know your worth first. You would see like the growth of the books and the growth of who I am. And this fourth book that is coming out at the end of 2020 is it's something I've never really wrote before. And it's all about emotional and physical health and healing and how passionate I am in that, but according to God's word and what's available to us. Wow. That's so amazing. I love that. Like, even though it's not a series, it has that like kind of feel and ambiance to it, just based on the journey and the season of your own life. And I think as I've been finishing writing the one that I'm currently doing, I'm already like, Oh my goodness, I have to finish this because the next one is going to be so good because the things that you learn and the things that we develop and that concept that I often share of always becoming because you are, this is a journey. This isn't a, you know, run, 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 you're here, you've made it, you're redeemed, you're worthy, you're known. Well, I can tell you by the end of today, I will be like, God, I don't know myself anymore. Let's work on this again. <laughs> like every day there's this constant shedding of past, owning of future, and and just claiming over our lives who he says we are. And so I'm, I'm excited. I need to get some of my hands on these. Are any of them audible? Because I could listen to you all day. All right, so that means you have to release some chapters on your podcast and that way we yeah. can tune in and, and get some hook and bait for some more to read because I think there's so much value in the message that you're sharing with women and I love the one about being a worthy wife. I actually did um, because I came into a lot of my own self-awareness and self-identity and also my breaking point while married for four years, mm -hmm. been together for almost nine at that point, seven, eight. And so thinking through how do I reestablish myself as a worthy wife when I thought I was doing okay, but I knew I wasn't doing the best. And now also coming into my faith and mm -hmm. establishing myself in front of my husband as this new me, like this new bride and him coming along for that journey. I um, had taken part in, it, it was a book called The Husband Project, and it was like 31 days of like selfless acts of kindness that you would do in secret. You were supposed to be reading and doing this in secret, and it gives you literally like calendars to fill out, ideas every day, and I remember through that process thinking at the beginning, your desire is, why isn't he noticed? Why hasn't he said anything? Where's the reciprocation of love? And by the end of the 31 days, because it was a biblical-based book, it's teaching you about doing it out of selflessness, doing it because God loves him that much. And today, you're the speckle of salt on his life, on his earth, on his you know place that he's walking that is shedding light and life in the areas that he might not even realize he needs love and light. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I love that. I'm going to have to pick that one up for sure. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. It was a really cool book. I tried to get more girlfriends to get on board with me, but only a handful were like, I'll do that. <laughs> I would love to bring it back to the table, circle back to some women who need it. But I want to keep unpacking more of you because I think you're so good at unpacking other people's stories and even probably your clients because that's what you do through your podcast and your gifting. But tell us more about, you know, your own journey with getting to know God and were you in your faith before you got married? Do you feel like you've been sitting on the dream God has given you for far too long? 
Do you feel out of alignment or obedience because of it? Or perhaps you've been spinning your wheels on how to answer God's call, but can't quite define or design it into a business. Maybe you've titled this God Dream a Ministry, one you wholeheartedly give all of your time and energy to, yet your passion isn't providing the profit you need to sustain your home, your first ministry. Do you struggle with the idea of earning money doing something you believe He'd want you to do in servanthood? Do you feel unworthy as a woman to possess wealth? I get it. I've been in every one of those shoes, and I can promise you the moment I traded those worn-out sandals for his intended comfort, I was able to finally walk the miles it has taken to grow the dream from ideation to activation, catapulting my true passions into my full purpose. And now, while I've had a joy to group coach many women over the past couple of years in a group setting, I still sense there are missing straps to their well-made shoes. So I designed this course, the God Dream Design Course, to walk alongside you intimately until you've claimed the gift of the shoes He has always wanted for you. You're probably wondering if this is the surefire way to claim your roots and discover your wings as a kingdom entrepreneur. Why are we talking about shoes? Well, these aren't Nikes, they aren't Yeezys, whatever the kids call them these days, and I am not giving you sandals like Hermes either. God's shoes truly fly. God's shoes have limitless souls that never wear down. They are promised to get you where He has shown you that you were intended to be. So come along for the ride, get out of that stuck analysis paralysis state of limitation and develop the mindsets, methods, and models to bring to life the vision he has planned for you before you were knit in your mother's womb. Sign up today for your self-paced program where I will actually provide you live coaching, a community of women to walk this journey alongside, a package of goodies right at your doorstep, and many more incredible deliverables. You can find all of the details on my site at tamraandress.com. Don't forget, Tamara is T-A-M-R-A. I got the good version. Thanks, Mom. But really, girls, it's time to fly. I promise it's as spring as it sounds. See you soon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, um, my husband, he, he did believe before, and I would say, you know, finding Jesus at, you know, 22, I was really kind of more of the checklist girl of, Hey, this is, Hey, I'm going to church every once in a while. And, you know, I'm tithing every once in a while and just kind of that thing. You didn't really see the outward change of me probably for another, I don't even know how many years, maybe three, four so years. Um, just, I mean, I'm sure there was changes, but there wasn't like dramatic. And there was very like yeah. one little slice of the onion. It was so small because I had just carried so much heaviness around for a long time. And I would say that, you know, when I met my husband, we, um, I was coming back through purity. So I committed purity to be pure and things happened in my life, dated a sociopath and that did not end well which led me to writing my first chapter in Know Your Worth, which was called A Year From Hell. And uh, recommitting myself again to purity. And then I met my husband. And of course, we stayed pure um, until we got married. But yeah, I kind of, uh, 
I realized a lot about myself after getting married. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. You're not the only one. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. That's the whole point of marriage. And I believe the covenant that God has in store for us is, mm -hmm. you know, having that two become one and understanding that we have a lot more weaknesses than we might realize when we're living life alone. Um, mm -hmm. But those weaknesses are, are met with strengths and it's a beautiful thing. And it doesn't make it easy, but such is the the walk, right? If it was yeah. easy, we would probably do it alone <laughs> or with a girlfriend instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I lived alone in my own house, yeah. and he lived in Pennsylvania. So we lived, I lived in Ohio, I lived in Pennsylvania, which we live in Pennsylvania now, but um, we lived two hours from each other. So for me, I had everything in my house in place, clean, organized all the time. And he's not like a messy guy by any means, but... I'm definitely the organized, if it doesn't have a spot, it's in the trash. Like I am that, like it needs to have a spot. Don't just shove it in drawers because I want to throw the whole drawer away. So like, that I can't was, wait to see what your house looks like when you have kids running around. It's, it's just one of things. So yeah. Um, but. I love that. I wanted to ask because I have a lot of gals who are kind of in that space right now, um, whether they are not currently married or they were divorced and now looking for that special one again, and they're in that they've committed themselves to that space of purity as well. What advice do you have for them? Because oftentimes they'll come to me and I'm like sitting with them in empathy, but I don't really know what to say because it's not something I even understood until I was married. So imagine trying to walk that purity life out as a married couple. And it's not suggested from any therapist, especially a sex therapist, for you to say, oh, don't do that. And so, because then you're, you're coming further away from the person that you're supposed to be intimate with and, and shared with. But I was unpacking such places of shame that like, it felt painful to me. It felt uncomfortable. It felt shameful. It felt like not a place of safety and it's supposed to be a place of safety. Um, so I'd love to just hear like how you walked through that and what ideas you could give these other women. Um, the walking through the purity to marriage. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always, it depends. Everybody's different and I'm not some like person that's going to be like, Oh, it's, you know, say, don't have sex, which is a lot of the message that believers preach is just don't have sex. But I think it's important to understand the context and why to not have sex. It's, it's the emotional attachment. It's what happens after you have sex. It's the um, the chemicals that release in your body, which is why a lot of women that I would talk to, they'd be like, I just can't get over my ex. And I'm like, did you have sex with your ex? And like, yes. I'm like, that is honestly probably the number one reason why a lot of people have a hard time getting over their ex. And I mean, a lot of that goes into it. They can't, they always want to see the best. We always want to see the best in somebody. And therefore we settle for somebody um, because we want to, we want to have love regardless of what it looks like. And I think that most women, I would just encourage to understand that, understand what love is, what it looks like in accordance to God's word. Ephesians 5 is, I think it's Ephesians 5, um, where it really talks about the role of the man and the role of the wife. And that really got me through of how should a man treat a woman and what does it look like? But also, what does it look like for me to step into those roles too, because I know a lot of women that will pray for this amazing godly man, but their actions aren't in the same pursuit as the man that they're praying for. Um, and, and I think that is very, um, something that's really important is what you want to see in a man. You should also be pursuing yourself and there's nothing wrong with you. If you're single and 35, there's, there's 
you know, relieve yourself of that. There's no timeline. There's no marathon, but really to just be encouraged in this time to live your life and continue to pursue God because he will, if that is the desire that you already know that he will provide it, trust him and walk it out with him, but don't settle for something because you'd rather be alone. It's really good. I think that kind of circles back to our conversation about pace and no, I was kind of referring to it from like an entrepreneurial journey. And even for some, like I remember wanting to like get pregnant immediately after we had uh, gotten married. And even that pace, I was just constantly like, let's go. Okay. On to the next. Here's my next plan. God, here's my next plan. God. And he always came through in his own way. Uh, but it wasn't until this space of my life where I'm realizing that that pace that he has us on is so much more intentional because just like you mentioned, like the beginning layer of that onion peel, if you had just like catapulted into the complete center, you wouldn't have been ready. You wouldn't have been ripe. You wouldn't have been understanding of why you were even in that place to begin with. And so I am, I'm looking forward to the moments when my friends are able to say like, this is what the wait was for. Like, cause I believe any time that God reveals something new to us, I am understanding of wow, this is why he did that. And one of the reasons that I came into motherhood when I did and is that it kept me in my marriage. It kept me in my safe place. It kept me in a space to say, you're not going to give up. You're going to keep fighting because this home is more than what you might understand it as. And so to break generational curses rather than running, staying, and um, I'm, I'm just so grateful when I look in hindsight to all of the things that God had planned for me. But we so often, even me, I'm saying this to myself, so often are hoping or wishing for something to be different right now, when in fact right now is just as it should be. And I think that that's a testament to so many things that we have going on, even in our world from the grandiose perspective of where we are in this pandemic too, right? Yeah, and I, I think it's important that women know why and what they're pursuing. Um, you know, it's important to know what you, you want in a man, what you desire in a man, what's the priorities, what's impo important. But going back to this idea of knowing your body has been purchased, it's not been redeemed, but it's been purchased. And coming from this perspective is not going to cause us to have shame because we're honoring our bodies as the temple, as the Holy Spirit in a way that we know that Christ loves us. So in return, we get to be kind to our bodies and patient with our bodies and to stay pure. I mean, there's so many other areas that this goes into, but that's just one. And to encourage them is to know that is just this treasure. It's your treasure. And it really comes back to identity and worth and what you've been taught and the things that you've carried. But those are, those are just a few things that are important. Yeah, I love that. I was driving um, home with my husband this past weekend from a a surprise hiatus that we decided to take last minute because we just needed to get out of the house. And he was sharing some random thing because we were passing a bunch of mountains and cow pastures. And he was telling me a story about when he used to drive 30 minutes into like a rural area from where we live, get milk that at the time was like $3.50 for just a cup of it because it was fresh and then drive mm -hmm. home. And I was just looking at him and I'm like, I loved you before I knew you. And he was like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, I just love that that was his pace as a 16-year-old. It was so unlike me. So when we talk about those weaknesses and those strengths, it's more of a marrying of, of 
your goodness, like the desire of your heart. And I, ha I have such this desire to like, teach me to be slow. And he's like, teach me to be fast. And it's this give take that you get, you get in this symbiotic love that I know God has in store for all of his girls uh, in some way or another. And, and at the end of the day, specifically with him. And so leaning into God in those same prayers and those same desires of our heart, knowing that he provides in such an abundant way that my husband couldn't even possibly in some areas. And so I, I just encourage women who are listening in that regard that like that worthiness factor, that investment factor, that like if you are investing in him, him being whichever one you're taking, as I say this, he is investing in you. And it's just a matter of where your heart set is in those places. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think it's, I think it's really important that uh, it's the pursuit in the heart and the, and the motives always matter. And it's important to see how they treat you, um, especially around people, around their guy friends, around, like you said, this marrying is <laughs> we always have these high standards and high expectations and um, we want them to be this perfect thing, but in reality, I think it comes down to know your priorities of what is important. Does he have to love Jesus? You know, because if you love country and he doesn't, like, that's okay. Like, you can probably <laughs> swing on the you know, like, There's a lot of things that we focus on. Um, and, I, and I really go into this in, in The Worldly Wife, but just talking about questions to ask on a date that can really solidify right away without you coming and being like, Hey, we're not having sex. You know, like there are things that you can address and talk about, which is what we should be talking about in this dating process, instead of just dating for two or three years without the intention of getting married, um, in the way the original design in this courting idea, but we should know, um, one, who we are first so that we don't look to a man to think that it's going to just, everything's going to be okay you know, after or to this fulfillment kind of thing. It's yeah. So good. I love that. It's so good. It, it speaks literally directly into some souls that I know are going to be listening to this soon. So I'm really grateful for that. Uh, I want to keep kind of unpacking a bit more of you before we, we close out here. So tell me more about, because since we have a lot of that entrepreneurial mindset of like vision casting, and I know that's probably a good space for you too, as a, that Enneagram three, where, where are you going? What's your hope? Where has God like promised you? Do you have something in mind with him? I think for me is the overlying theme. I feel like he's really placed in my heart is heal the sick, save his people and strengthen them in their walk. So healing them is physically and emotionally, you know, scripture even tells us to lay the hands on the sick and we shall see them recover. And that's important to me is that we don't have to walk around living sick. It's not to say, again, that we don't experience things, but we can fight it. We don't have to accept it. We can reject it. Um, and to save his people, bringing his people back to him, right, reconciling them, because we are in the ministry of reconciliation. And then strengthening is, you know, after they get saved, or even if you've been saved for a while, but strengthening them in the Lord and what that looks like. And um, the Lord's always challenging me to be bold in my faith, but bold doesn't always mean loud. And I think that's important. Uh, and I, overall, it's continuing to write and continuing to speak more and really just getting in um, the nitty gritty with people and just looking them in the eyes and just being like, you're loved. Like God sees you and he knows you. 
Um, but like as far as like business wise, it's definitely continuing what I'm doing. Um, just of course, larger scale, the guy will provide the increase of where I need to go. But speaking, writing and coaching are my top things that always always there. I love that. I think it's so beautiful. And I, I know he will provide because he is good in all of the ways of our hearts. And, and when it's in pursuit of a kingdom, of a kingdom ripple effect, of a kingdom desire, he he wants that just more than we do, more than we could possibly understand. So I love that he deposits those similarities in so many people. When Have you gone to the She, Write, uh, she Speaks conference? Did we talk about that? No, I was supposed to go this year, but it got canceled. Okay, well, you have to go next year because it is so powerful. And when I got into this conference, I went two years in a row, and there's 800 women around you with these same desires. And that's only 800. That's like microscopic in the grand scheme of things, that he would implant this same concept to all of these women. It is it moves you in such a way that you almost feel out of body as in a third party watching this whole thing happen. It's yeah. unbelievable. Like you're sitting on the thrones with God saying, "I see what you see. I hear mm-hmm. what you hear. I understand why they're crying for you. Why they're crying for these who need to be healed, for those who need to be in communion with you." It is it's totally amazing. I think for me oftentimes I realize that Women are just alone, even in maybe the midst of their marriage, even in the midst of a thousand relationships. And they're alone because they're not fully understanding of the relational aspect of who Jesus is and that opportunity that he gives us. And therefore, when I I bring people around a table, my desire is not just for them to show up with this one hat on, but to show up as their whole selves so that they can experience just in a tangible way how known they are, how fully seen they are, how beautiful they are. And Mm -hmm. so I love, I just love that other women are doing the same thing. I love the way that you speak and how you formulate words is amazing. So thank you for sharing with us. What final things do you have on your heart that you want the listeners to hear just from this message? Anything to tie it with a bow? I think that the most important thing is to kind of marry the two of receiving God's love because a lot of us can read our Bibles all day long, but it's not until we experience nor allow God to kind of lavish on us or believe that he's for us or believe that if he did it for her, he can do it for me. And this idea that, you know, God is at this arm length distance or he's a punisher, all these things is just not true. And it causes us to not want to go boldly before him because we think that we're too far gone. We're not good enough. And, um, you know, our sins keep us from him. And of course that is not like we are reconciled. He does not look at you through your sins. He doesn't even see your sin because the sin you're sin nature, that part of you that was um, on the devil's side is no longer a part of you. So he sees you spirit to spirit and he has your, your, your spirit, his spirit is in you. And I think just if that, I can encourage you of God is for you. He's not against you. That means he's for you in every situation for your healing, for your health, for your finances. He wants to supply above and beyond anything you could ever imagine. So good. I feel like I need to like round of applause, but then I forgot we're on a podcast. <laughs> You're speaking to my heart. And so that is amazing. It's always for the one, right? 
Thank you so much for sharing, Jessica. Y'all, I want you to get in contact with her. I want you to listen to her podcast. It's so good. I love hearing the heart of the other women. Uh, how can they find you? What's the best way? Oh, podcast for sure. What's the truth? And then I love hanging out on Instagram. I'm always in my DMs there or just posting things on Instagram, of course, and stories. Um, so that's at Jessica Hoddle, or you can head to my website and get my books too at jessicahoddle.com forward slash books. Yeah, and I wanted to make note too because there was a freebie you wanted to give them, and I looked at the resource and I thought it was really good. Do you remember which one it was? Uh, yeah, Walking with God While Moving Your Body. So good. That's why I combine faith and fitness together and what that looks like. Awesome. I'm going to put that in the show notes, y'all. So if you want that goodie, you have to go over and subscribe to her email list. It's powerful. You're going to love hearing all the things that she's sharing on a consistent basis. And thanks for being here so much. I hope it met people. I know that it will. And uh, I just want to close in prayer. I just feel kind of led to do that versus what we usually do. Just say peace. Do you want to start and I'll close? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Tamara. Thank you for this podcast. Uh, thank you for just uh, our hearts, the people that are listening, Father. Thank you for the the work that you're doing in their hearts, Father. Open. Um, I pray that eyes will be open, hearts will be softened, and the ground uh, that we walk on will become softened, so that that the fertilizer becomes just your word in their hearts, and that is the truth that they begin to stand on, and nothing else. Nothing else matters, nobody else's words, nobody else's opinion, but that your opinion of who they are comes first. That their that the love, your love, may abound more and more and more inside of them so that they can discern what is right and what is true, so that the love of you increases inside of them so that they can understand that they don't have to take, uh, take offense to the things that come their, their, their way. Father, that you are for their healing. I thank you for anybody that needs healing in their body, physical healing, um, that it be gone in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you for what you're doing in their lives and praying favor over them. God, I just thank you so much for Jessica. I thank you that her words and her heart are with you and for you and by you and through you. I thank you that the women listening to this podcast are ready. I thank you that they are willing and anxious to, to meet you, to know you deeper, to feel and sense your love, Lord, and not beyond their emotions and not with their senses, God, but in a deep sense of their heart, in the knowing, in the know that I know that I know that you love me. God, that we are fully known by you is a gift, not something we should run from, not something we should be fearful of, not something that we need to hide from. God, let us walk out from the bush and be seen. Let us release anything that is keeping us hidden. Let us run from the dark and come to the light. God, that we may know through our relationships and ultimately through the covenant marriage that you have in store for us or are already placed us within. God, that we would know you in that relationship and that we would glorify you through it with our minds, with our bodies and with our souls and that we may leave generational impacts of positivity and beauty and love and grace to those that come after us, that we would be shining examples for who you would have us be and help steward their hearts so that 
those trauma points that we may have experienced when we were younger are not trauma points that they ever even understand. God, I thank you for this beautiful relationship that you've established. And I thank you for the ability to just come to people in such a way through podcasting, through social media, through this time where people are home and yearning for something more. And that something more is truth. And you are truth. In your sweet name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, y'all. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you, something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway by snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fit and faith underscore podcast or me personally at Tamara.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.